Everybody's serving. To my daughter, Elise, she, for most of Elise's life, since she was about 10 years old, 9 or 10, that is Aunt Karen. And Uncle Larry. Aunt Karen, Uncle Larry. Uncle Larry hadn't had one of them big cookout things like he did yesterday for a little while. He used to do it all the time. So he came out of retirement just for her to cook all those ribs. And some of the old crew was with him that used to do it. And that was beautiful. Miss Karen helped prepare the beautiful bride's table and the wedding party. All those flowers and the tablecloths. And they actually bought Elise China and served the wedding party on that china. You know, who does that? Who thinks like that? And in the church, the way they came behind yesterday, and people serving and giving to Elise. And uh, many of you have known my daughter for years, usually stands right there, and has had some health problems this last year with a ruptured appendix and struggled a good bit. But uh, it was beautiful to see her get married, and uh, she's always been an encourager to me, always. When I went through some of the hardest times of my life, being left, she stopped going to college. She quit college. To stay home with me because she was scared I might not make it. Isn't that crazy? And she would sit right there on the front row when it was so hard for me to preach after being hurt. She would sit right there and help her daddy. So I'm going to tell you something right now. That won't easy yesterday. But it was because she's ready. Amen. She's ready and she's, she's just going to be a blessing. I think she has probably a a great long future here in the ministry at Fellowship Church. She's a great counselor. She's a great helper. If you ever, she works, you know, she helps uh, operate Center for Abuse and Rape. If you ever need her, you can talk to her. Do you hear me? Ladies, if you need somebody that will talk with you, that will help you, especially with crisis in your life. This is, uh, you know, uh, Domestic Violence Month, October is. If you need anybody to talk to, you can talk to Elise. It'll be held in private. And if you need some help, she has the resources and the information to get you some help. Are you listening to me today? I want you to hear that. Okay? This is our town. As far as I'm concerned, domestic violence, hurting a woman, it's not welcome in our town. Move! Are you going to pay the price? You're going to pay the price. I'm going to tell you that right now. My own mother was murdered. Got it? We have zero tolerance. None. Yeah, amen? And my daughter works in helping that, so she is a special person. I wasn't going to plan on saying all that, but thank you so much. Thank you for the volunteers that served and everything. Can we thank the Lord for yesterday? Thank you. Wow. Are you kidding me? Woo! Terry Lee Clark, come on up. Hey, Miss, my brother, he's uh, seven years older than me, and uh, he wears a wig. Don't make fun of him. Don't make fun of him. <laughs> no, that's his hair, believe it or not. That is his hair. <laughs> anyway, now, he's going to make fun of me in a minute. I had to say something to you. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You do that all the time. Amen. But I love him. He's been, he was here for the first service of Fellowship Church. Sure. You were with me on the planning and helped me. And anytime he's needed, he comes. Amen. So let's give a big round of applause for my brother, Terry Lee Clark. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Let me put this right here. I kind of need this. With, with my red Bible down here. And I told somebody this morning, all Bibles should be red. 
R-E-A-D. Okay. Uh, well, welcome. I'm happy today. I hope you are. I hope you are. And uh, I did this in the first service. And I feel like I'm kind of shortchanging everybody. Gary said, no, do this the second service. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. But I'm glad you're here. And if you've ever watched or listened to Sean Hannity, welcome to this special edition of Sean Hannity. But he says that every day. He says it every single day. But I'm going to say this morning, welcome to this special meeting this morning. This is a special meeting this morning because there's someone here that's very special. Okay? And you'll learn more about that just in a minute. But I'm happy to be here. Our daughter Renee and Jesse and Buggy and Ray Ray. Ray Ray's the only one who feels really good right now, but just a shout out to them and y'all feel better. And by the way, we bought you something. We're bringing you something home. Most of you that know me know I have a white Porsche. She's sitting right over there. That's Portia. Make her feel welcome. Thank you. Yesterday's wedding, flat over the top. There's very little. There's very little I wouldn't do for Elise. You could count it on one hand. I love you, Elise. Oh, I have a quick story. You already see the girl's hiney up here. The dog's pulling on it. How many have seen that on a billboard before? If you've ever seen that. It's copper tone. Suntan lotion. That's what it is. We've all seen it. But your pastor's a communicator. I mean, he'll confess that's what he does for a living. You communicate. And as a little feller, we're at the beach. He's standing in the seat of that Chevrolet station wagon. Mama's driving. One of the girls is in the front. I'm in the middle. And you know the seat that used to face back in the Chevy station wagon. That's where we are. Y'all live at the beach. We might go once a year from Rockingham to the beach for the day and come home. We all see that sign beside the road and it says Copper Tone Suntan lotion. That's what it said. But that ain't what he said it said. He's standing in the seat and looking out the window and pointing. Clean your dog and take him with you. (laughs) Clean your dog and take him with you. How does that work? Where does that come from? But he's the great communicator. That's what he said for that right there. That was my little story. I was told don't come without a little story, okay? Clean your dog and take him with you. That's what it looks like to me. That's ridiculous. Uh, Well, this morning, there's someone here that's special. And you're going to find out, maybe, in a little bit, maybe you won't. But that person knows who it is. And today I'm going to speak just briefly in the book, The Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. But before that, 
It deals with Saul of Tarsus. Everybody may not know that Saul of Tarsus became the Apostle Paul. Gave us almost half the New Testament. But you may not know everything there is about him that might help you along a little bit. So what I wanted to do was introduce you to Saul of Tarsus before we go into the Scripture, if that's okay. Who's this guy, Saul of Tarsus? And Father, I ask for your help right now. I need you to help me. Love on these people. Speak in love and in the authority of your word. In Jesus' name and all his people say, Amen. Saul of Tarsus. What is that Tarsus part? Well, Tarsus is a chief city in Cilicia, and it's located in the eastern part of modern-day Turkey. So now you have a reference. Saul and what you... Today is Turkey. Saul was born a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin. Saul was a Hebrew among Hebrews. He was a Pharisee, born of Pharisees. He was a Roman citizen. And he is not a godless man. Saul is no serial killer. That's not who he is. He's very intelligent. He's devout. He's driven. He's zealous. He's spiritual. He's deeply religious. He's head-bowed, praying, committed Jew. He is serving his God as he understands orthodox religion. The first time we find Saul of Tarsus, he's on his knees holding the coats of a crowd of men that's stoning Stephen, who was a deacon in the first church in Jerusalem. He's holding their coats. And people, we have to be very careful how we teach our children. First impressions are lasting. He got that early on that these kind of people are bad. That's where he's at, holding the coats. He's watching Stephen die. Young Saul of Tarsus. He witnessed firsthand Christians are bad. And Christ followers were not hunted down and persecuted for acts of violence. No. They were killed for what they believed. Could that happen today? There are people dying today. Why? Because you don't believe like they do. And you've got to be really careful when they put a name with you. If they give you a name, it's a name, a group, then they feel like they're attacking a group and not people that God loves. Got to be careful with a name. And believe me, you've never been attacked until you're attacked by religious people. Now, the ingredients for a religious assault, you take just a little bit of Scripture, put in a little bit of hate, touch in a dash of jealousy, a dollop of intelligence, mix well, allow to simmer till done. Saul has gone and got the blessing of the religious authority to go and bring people in to be killed. What kind of people? People that didn't believe like they did. And look, we're not exempt. We're not exempt today. So now you've got just a little idea 
of who Saul of Tarsus is. Now we're going to go to the scripture. Acts 9, 1 through 9. And the name of the message today is, Who is it? It's amazing what God puts into each one of his wonderfully and fearfully made creations. And he puts it there. It's there. It's in you. It's in you. Saul of Tarsus saw the light. We're going to read it right now. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and what? And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and? They're going to kill these people. They're going to kill them. Because they don't believe like we do. Against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way. Now, this is before Christians had a label. They just said, if you're of this way. Well, Jesus said, I am the way. Okay? So if you're of this way, you've got a big bullseye on your back in this day and even today. Persecuted today. Whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem, pull the women out of the house and the men off their knees, and drag them down the road. And as he journeyed, I love that part. As he journeyed, people, you don't always have to fight your battle. This happened while he's going to get these people. These people don't know he's coming. But as he's coming, the Lord intervened. You know what? He can do that for you. And you never know it. Are you blessed? Absolutely. Because a lot of that you don't even know. He stopped it on the way. I love knowing that. I love knowing that. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth. He heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? I thought Saul was going for people. No, no. He's persecuting the Lord Jesus Christ. Not those people. And he said, Where art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said to him, Arise, go to the city, shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. It's amazing what God put into this man, which is no different than what he puts in all of us. We just don't know it yet. That morning when Saul got up, he had breakfast. Bob Evans. It was nice. He got his group together. And by the way, this man has followers. They're going to help him. He's got his little group together. Everything's cool. He starts out. When he woke up that morning, he did not know what lay ahead on that Damascus road. And nor do you. 
Once you set foot on the Damascus Road, you don't know what's going to happen. He didn't. Let me tell you what he didn't know. That morning when Saul woke, he didn't know his life was about to change. He didn't know he would have an encounter that would alter his destiny. He didn't know his name would change to Paul the Apostle. He didn't know he would be an apostle. He didn't know he would preach to the Gentiles. He didn't know he would pen most of the New Testament. He didn't know he would establish the New Testament church. He didn't know he would suffer many times for the gospel. He didn't know he would become one of the people that he hated. He didn't know his writings would validate the very people that he set out to kill. He didn't know he would be translated into the spirit up into the third heaven. And he did not know he would be left for dead. It's amazing what God puts into each one of us. He didn't know that. It was in there, but he didn't know that. And much of it lies undiscovered until we step on that Damascus Road. And I'm just going to tell you this morning, in this service, today there is someone standing in the middle of the Damascus Road. And God has put something in you. And you've not been made aware of it yet. You just don't know yet. Is it possible that you could be more than you suspect. Is it possible that God has put more in you than what your friends might say? Is it possible God's put more in you than what your family says? How about what your husband says? What about your ex-wife? What she says? Could there be more in you than what they think? What about your teammates, guys? Could there be more in you than what they say? What about your co-workers? Is it possible that God has put more in you than you know? Than you realize? You know, that could be the very reason that the devil's fighting you this morning. Because he knows that God has put something in you. Look at your neighbor and say, there's something in me. Tell them, there's something in me. Tell your neighbor, there's something in me. There is something in you. I love that. I love that. There's something in me. I can't describe it, but there's something in me. I don't have any details, but there's something in me. I don't know how to act on it, but there's something in me. I don't know what to do about it, but there's something in me. I don't know who to tell about it, but I do know that there's something in me. Could there be someone here this morning, and I'm sure you're here. I know you're here. You've been haunted your whole life because you know that there's something in you. That you're not up to the potential that God has put in you. Well, look, there's something in me. And I'm not so holy. 
I'm not so perfect. I'm not so good or righteous. And my past is probably as dark as yours. Probably. But you know what? Every time I tried to partner with evil, just like you, something would pick me up and would turn me around. It wouldn't let me stay for some crazy reason. And I'd go back and something would pick me up and not let me stay. I'm no goody two-shoes. I went with a high school friend to the bread and butter near my brother Ray's house. And he bought two Miller High Life, whatever these tall bottles were. Oh, my gosh, he drank it like Gatorade. I tried it, and I messed up the side of his door in the car. Boo! It came right back up. It came right back up. And I'm so thankful it did. I'm so thankful it did. As much as my mother loved Pat's Blue Ribbon Beer, and I'm in that same gene pool, I'm so glad that came right back up. And even today, if I smell it, something happens there. So I just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for that. I love that. But y'all, there is something in me. Guess what? There's something in each of you. It's there. He put it there. We're all fearfully in what? Wonderfully made. It's there. Wow. I just love knowing that. I love knowing that. I don't understand it all. But there it is. At least I didn't fall on the floor this time. That's a beautiful thing. I don't want y'all to think I'm a somebody, a special person. I'm not. I'm not a special person. I'm flesh and blood, just like you, like Paul, like all of us. But the weirdest thing of this whole discussion we're having this morning is that God would put such treasure in such trash. That's the amazing part about this whole thing this morning. God puts treasure in trash. It's all he's got to work with. Is us. We serve a God that puts treasure in the trash. First John says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that. When he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him As he is. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. Suddenly there shined a light round about him. A light from heaven. It was unreal. What happened? This is the middle of the day. Bible doesn't say it's at night. This happened in the middle of the day. The light blinded Saul of Tarsus to humble him. Nothing else would have stopped this zealous, overbearing, determined, intelligent Christian killer. This tragedy was necessary to bring Saul of Tarsus to his knees. If Saul could have seen, he could have fought back. If he could have gotten up, he could have ran away. Ah! There's someone here this morning. God has brought you to your knees. I 
don't know who you are. You know who you are. He knows who you are. And you're standing on the Damascus Road this morning. What has happened to you has arrested your plans. It's gotten all of your attention. It's disrupted your life and God has allowed it. You're here. I don't know who you are, but you're here. And don't be angry at your ex-wife. Don't hate the next door neighbor or the person that hurt you. It's not them you're fighting. It's Jesus Christ whom thou persecutest. God's brought someone here who thought that they were out here on 776 or maybe turned on 41 and then turned headed to Rotunda. But that's not what brought you here to this place at this time with these people this morning. You're standing right in the middle of the Damascus Road. All of your best laid plans are just about to go sideways. Nothing that you normally do is working for you anymore. Nobody that you normally depended on is coming through for you now. You have power. You have influence, just like Saul of Tarsus. But you have been shut down. You dead in the water. The kicker here is that God's not going to stop until you drop to your knees, till you change your direction, you've taken your last step in your own way. John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the of men, and the shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Hmm. That was Saul's light. That's what it took for Saul. That may not be your situation with light, but it's the same thing. Saul of Tarsus fell on his face before God. That was humiliating. Saul was a leader. He had followers. He had men. Now he's on the ground. Can you imagine? Our leader's on the ground. Before God. Helpless. And the same with you this morning. Whatever's knocked you down is humiliating. You've never lived like this before. Something happened. You're on the Damascus Road this morning. The people with Saul heard that voice from heaven, but they did not see a light. That was for Saul of Tarsus. And no one here is really going to get this message like you're going to get it. Because this is for you. What God has done to you, whoever you are, this light's for you. Nobody's going to get it like you're getting it. 
this light will bring you to your knees. This is plan wrecking light. This is sell all you've got and give to the poor kind of light. Whatever happened to you. And this light demands radical actions. So in the last few moments that I have with you people, I'm going to speak to one person, maybe two at the most. Are you the one? I'm asking. I'm looking. Are you the one? You're here. Are you the one thinking today was going to be one way? Same old, same old. Get up. Get dressed. Church, lunch, home, ball game. But you've had an encounter. Oh, you're definitely here. And you've definitely had an encounter. And it's a knee dropper. And my question this morning is pretty simple. Who is it? Whoever you are this morning, God loves you. Flat out loves you. And the Holy Spirit has you surrounded. And there's a host of witnesses here that love you. That want to encourage you. That want to help you. They're here. I would recommend just come out with your hands raised. That's what I'd recommend. But who is it? It's hard for you to kick against the prick. See, the oxen would kick the door down in the stall and they had to put these sharp objects in there called a prick. And when he would kick it, it would draw blood and it hurt. And that's exactly what you're doing. It hurts. Every time you're kicking, it hurts. God is calling you this morning. There's going to be radical change in your life today, whether you do it here or somewhere. It's going to happen. God's going to make you one of the very people that you used to laugh at. You're in a blind period. Can't see your way clear. You're not sure what to do or where to go. So I'm just going to ask, who is it? Settle it now. You're on the road. Why not settle it now? God's going to humble you until you say yes. Yes to His will. Yes to His word. And yes to His way. God wants you this morning and you know who you are. Who is it? Who is it? Preacher, I've said all I can say. Great job, great job, great job, great job. Let's get on our feet. Would you do that? And he's handing this off to me now. We're not done. We're tag teaming. We're brothers. That's what we do. Amen. I ask you to stay with me unless you've got to go to work. Amen. Well, this man, Saul... You heard about it. Went, was going to kill Christians. 
But he said, Lord, what would you have me to do? Lord, stop him right in his tracks. It's crazy. And he said, I want you to go to this man's house. And honestly, Paul suffered with that light problem in his eye. He never saw right as far as his vision, I believe, was from the scriptures messed up sort of the rest of his life. But the way Paul was seeing, well, the right way to see anyway. And God changed his life. And he, and he sent him to a man's house, and that man was scared to death that he was going to kill him. But that man humbly discipled Paul, Saul, and his name was changed to Paul. He wrote 13 books in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul. But you think today you can't, you can't change. Are you crazy? You're not garbage. You're not trash. We would be trash. That's what the world tells us. You're just a blob of tissue. You're nothing. You came from a monkey. It's all bull. It's a lie. God loves you. He cares for you. You're special. Our mother was a drunk. Ann Clark Riley. And she's sitting drunk one night in the, in the den by the heater, Terry, watching the TV. I know, you know. Drunk. And Billy Graham came home and said, God loves you. I came home from partying and she said, we're going to church in the morning. We didn't go to church. I cussed her out, GD this, F that. But God met Mama on the Damascus Road. And she, she said she wanted me to go with her the next morning. Three weeks later, both she and I put our faith in Christ. That is a radical change. That's radical change. Flat out. My mother, test, testimonies in the house, never drank another drop. That is radical. Is that radical or what? It's the truth. And look at me. Look at me. Preacher. Hilarious. God can change your life. I want to spend the rest of my time, most of it right now, with heads bowed. Guys, the most important thing for me is that you don't leave here lost today. There is no reason you have to leave here lost. We're not asking for your money. We ain't trying to get nothing from you. I, I love what I do. I love you being here today. It's fantastic. But one thing I don't want to happen today, I don't want you to leave lost. You had a chance right here today to, to get saved, to put your faith in Christ, to get hell behind you. You can be saved today, man. So can we focus right now on that today? Have you had that encounter with Jesus Christ like Saul did? And I know it's different than in the Scriptures, but in a lot of ways it's just the same. It's a different time, but you're right here and the light has been shown to you today, clear as crystal. And you're here today. And listen, if you're putting your faith in going to church to get you to heaven, that's darkness. It's a dead end. Or being a good person, that's all a lie. There's one way to God the Father. His name is Jesus Christ the Son. Period. You must put your faith in Jesus Christ. Would you humble yourself right now? Maybe it is something like Terry spoke about. It's, it's brought you to the place in your life, man. Because you don't have Him in your life. You have church, you have religion, but you don't have Jesus. 
Could we just knock that out of the park today and settle that? Can I lead you in a prayer right now where you humble yourself and put your faith in Christ? Are you ready? Are you ready? He asked you, who is it? Are you ready? If you died today, do you know you'd go to heaven? If there's that question, I'm not sure. Why not today say, he loves me. Today is my day. Let me pray with you. I just want to help you. You talk to him. Let's pray together. Lord, it's me. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my life, my sin, my mess. But I'm asking you to forgive me, Lord. And I know you will. I know you will. That's why I can ask, because I know you're going to. Thank you, Lord. And Jesus, I want you to know. I want you to know I believe in you. I want you to know it. I'm not putting my faith in church or Pastor Gary or anybody else or myself. I'm putting my faith in you, and I want you to know it. That I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead for me. And Jesus Christ, I believe you love me. That I'm not garbage. That I'm not crap. That you love me. And I don't know how to talk. I don't know just how to say it. But I'm asking you to come into my life today. And live through me. Today is my Damascus road. And I'm on it. And I don't want to go down any further down this road without you in my life. Save me today, Lord. Just like you did Gary and Terry's drunk mama. Give me new life like you gave her and all these folks around me. In Jesus' name. Amen. With heads bowed, not to embarrass you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm your cheerleader, man. Are you kidding me? How many would say, Pastor Gary, flat out, I nailed that today. I put my faith in Christ with Terry's message and that prayer. I'm done. I got it. Can I see some hands? I put my faith in Christ today. Not a shame, not a shame whatsoever to lift my hand. I love that. Hands all over this building, man. I love that. I'm not ashamed. I put my faith in Christ. Laid it out. Nailed it to the wall, to the cross. Amen.